When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians here with you. Wednesday edition of the show, a very special edition of the show. Jamie, I'm going to say words. You tell me if these words are correct or not. On thedraftnetwork.com, as we speak, your quarterback rankings, at least your way-too-early quarterback rankings, are up on the site. Correct or incorrect? That is correct. So we're going to be going through them on the show today. This way you can see them all. The rest of them will go up over the weekend, and you'll see them promoted on the TDN Fantasy Twitter, and the Draft Network Twitter over the weekend. But we figure since we're doing the quarterback show here today that we'll give you that little visual aid. Uh, Please, if you're listening to this while you're driving, don't pull it up on your phone while you're driving and look at these. But if you're listening at home or wherever else you might be, uh, you can then check these out. Or you can just see them, you know, when you're done listening to the podcast and go check them out on the website if you need just kind of that visual look on where QBs 1 through 35 rank right now for me. If the draft was happening right now today, where I would take them. You reserve the right to change these rankings at a later date. I figure I should make that very clear. That oh, they will change. Okay. They will change. I will go through my full player projections like I did last year for the Eisner board. And then, so these will change after the real life NFL draft, after all these other moves where there's injuries, when the full projections come out. But this is where I kind of thought of the baseline for our discussion to talk about where the QB stand right now as we head into April. So here's how we're going to do this. Jamie is going to release right now. He's going to announce here on the show the top 10 quarterbacks on his board. He's not going to go through one through 35. That would be pretty boring. Jake and I have pre-prepared questions to grill Jamie on some of the guys inside the top 10, outside the top 10 on the whole board itself. So Jamie will set the stage with the top 10. Then Jake and I will go back and forth with questions and we will have a discussion from there. Everybody got it? Okay, great. Jamie, the floor is yours. Okay, so as you can see right now, under the Fantasy tab at thedraftnetwork.com, QB number one, Patrick Mahomes. Not exactly a bold statement there. Number two, Josh Allen. Number three, Lamar Jackson. Number four, Kyler Murray. Number five, Dak Prescott. Number six, Aaron Rodgers. Number seven, Tom Brady. Number eight, Jalen Hurts. Number nine, Justin Herbert. And number 10, Russell Wilson. So I know already there's a couple names there that are going to generate some conversation. Chris, we should start out with this one because we have teased it Going back for several episodes now, but particularly on the Monday show, you have a problem with my Jalen Hurts ranking. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and and I guess the way I would phrase the question to you would be, what is it about the small sample size that we had from Jalen Hurts last year? He, what, started four games games. uh, at the end of the season? What about that small sample size makes you extremely comfortable putting him QB8 inside the top 10? I would say a very solid QB1 option in fantasy if you have him all the way up at QB8. What makes you so comfortable in that assessment here at the end of March? It's basic, but it is what it is, and I love the rushing upside. He's going to run around a lot. He's going to have to run around a lot. And last year in that four weeks, small sample size, but 
23.8 fantasy points per game in that stretch, which would have been the sixth highest average among all quarterbacks who played in more than one game in fantasy last year. Pretty consistent across the board, too. Again, for fantasy, not for real life. There were some distant differences there. But 19.3 points in his first start, followed up with 37.8, 20.6, and 17.3 points. His rushing upside, the fact that he's going to get a lot of opportunities to score as well. Think a little bit like, again, not stylistically, but fantasy-wise, think a little bit like Josh Allen from a couple years ago, where he was not a, a polished passer by any means, made a ton of mistakes, but you could probably re- reasonably rely on six or seven, maybe even eight rushing touchdowns a year from him, uh, get those yards there. So he kind of worked his way into that back half of QB1 territory for fantasy purposes, even though he was far from an accomplished passer. That has now changed this year. That's kind of where I see Jalen Hurts, and he's in, it, in this range here is kind of a glut of players. Um, you know, to me, I think there's a clear top – five or six and then i think at that point we it's kind of go personal preference uh when we start to go from really probably six through ten we'll discuss why 11 is is an issue at the moment and then some of the other players that are either fighting for number 12 or just outside of it this is kind of a pick your poison i'm not saying you take jalen hurts and never have another quarterback on your roster throughout the season i'm just saying i'd like his rushing upside enough and i saw in those four games that he gave you qb1 performances every single week and basically ranked as a top six quarterback when he started playing. Here's my problem with it. Okay, let's start with this. My first problem is you guys all know that I hate the quarterback way it's scored because the rushing can give you this kind of thing. But I tell you guys all the time, when you put it on tape and you give defense coordinators an offseason to prepare for it, you're telling me that this defense is bad as they're going to be with lack of weapons and the offensive line declining, he's going to have to throw it decent to be able to run it enough for it to matter. And in those four games, I watched him decline his fantasy numbers. I can't put him inside the top 10. I know why you do it. And I think he's going to run all over the place. He also was playing out of desperation. He was also playing with a reckless abandon because Carson Wentz was still there and it wasn't his team. And now it is. He can still kind of play with that same reckless abandon, but you also, you reel it back just a little bit. And while I think he's going to run around like a crazy man, I don't like his weapons. I do think Miles Sanders is this benefits probably the most. But I think it's a no man's land if they take a receiver early. I, I just – I don't know, man. I don't know if I can get there. Two spots ahead of Russell Wilson, who you had last year. I'll get into one of my other questions. You had three, and he's now ten. Like, I understand we're not letting Russ cook anymore. But we're, like, cutting his hands off in the kitchen. I, I want nothing to do with Russell Wilson this year. It's the I, I same am, offense. It's just I a am, different dude calling the plays. Chris Carson's back. You added Gabe Jackson. It's the same receivers. Yeah, well, you added a better same, tight end. If it's the same offense from week 10 on, then I'm not getting a QB1. Uh, those second half splits really scared me. When they started to – they changed the way they operated that offense a little bit. From, week, from that, that, the back eight games of the year for Seattle, Russell Wilson was the QB 15. He was outscored by Andy Dalton. He was outscored by Mitchell Trubisky. He was outscored by Ben Roethlisberger, even though the Steelers started to fall off a cliff. He went through a bad stretch. I'll give you that. I can't really really make that argument. But here's my – the same argument is, after the second time the Arizona Cardinals played the Seattle Seahawks and they put on tape how you defend Kyler Murray, he fell off a cliff. Yes. He was phenomenal. I had him all year. I took a chance on him in one league. He was awesome. But when it mattered most, the last four games, and he couldn't run anymore because you quit rushing him to get to him. You just rushed him to keep him in the pocket. He was god-awful. We still have him at three, which I get, and I, and I can see that. I don't know that they added any weapons, and their lack of a run game, 
I can. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stretching on both here. I'm like, I don't know how Russell Wilson goes from three to ten. I know how bad he played. I can't really argue that. It's just he's been consensus top five for years, and his offense is the same. Well, there's two points here. To finish the Russell Wilson one, my concern, obviously, like I said, is the back half of the year where he was the quarterback 15 from week 10 on. Do they run a little bit more next year? Because last, last year, Wilson threw a career high, 558 passes. If you look at the back half of the year, it was well, a little bit more in line with what they ran in 2019, which would be an 8% decrease. It's also, a tw- it would, if they go back to what they were doing closer to 2018, that's a 23% decrease in passing attempts. So those are things I have to at least consider that we're going to see probably a drop in his attempts overall. Combine that with the concern I had from the second half of the year. But Kyler Murray got a bump down too. I mean, if, if you look at just a points per game basis last year, Kyler Murray was the QB1. So I, I can't put him there. I bumped him down. But even no. when he struggled post that Seattle game, he struggled more into the QB9, QB10 range, where Russell Wilson struggled all the way down outside of the top, outside of the top 14. So I think to me, again, this goes back to there's a, there's a pretty strong middle class here. But Russell Wilson isn't going to run around as much as Kyler Murray is going to, which will raise Kyler's floor a bit. I, I have concerns about both guys where they're going to be in their ADP. Like I know Kyle Murray's not going to be the fourth quarterback off the board in most leagues. I, I just know that already, but that's kind of where I have him slotted there. And if, I, if Dak Prescott was 100% healthy, I knew there were no issues. I would have Dak over him as well. But I have to still consider we haven't seen Dak do anything football-related since that injury uh, week five or week six, whatever it was last season. So they both get a bump down from where they were last year. I'm just really concerned about Wilson's second half last year. That Seahawks offense was completely out of sync. Russell Wilson was a big part of why they were out of sync. He doesn't get, to, doesn't get absolved of that blame either. I, I just have some concerns. Like, I don't want him where he's going to go in his ADP around like QB5, QB6. I love when Jamie's this prepared, Chris. He just gave me 8 and 23% drop in yeah. passing attempts numbers. Jamie pulling out the numbers means my boy is ready to roll here. So tough. then let's keep, let's keep firing then. Let's keep firing questions at him and see how he does. Uh, I'll throw one out here next, Jamie. Um, you read the top 10, but let's operate in, under 12-team league formats. There are two other names that would make up your QB1 tier. Which of the quarterbacks that you have outside that QB1 tier, outside of that top 12 that maybe you can reveal to us now, do you feel is best situated to move in to the top 12 that will end up at QB1 at the end of the season? And why is it Joe Burrow? Okay, so right now, uh, QB11 is Deshaun Watson, which will lead to a different conversation because that's, I don't know what to do with him, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, And number 12 is Trevor Lawrence, who we're going to have a lot of discussion about as we get deeper into the show. But so those are the top 12 that are there right now. There are three names to me that really jump out. And and I think, obviously, Matthew Stafford's my 13. He would be in that conversation too, but I think that's cheating because he's only one spot out of it. So I'm going to go with some other names. There are three names that are really interesting to me that I think could be into that QB1 territory, or as a question Jake had into the top eight. There are three that I look at right now. If things break right, I could easily see happening. First one, like you mentioned, Chris, is Joe Burrow. To me, it's health-related right now. I need to see him be healthy. I need to have a guarantee he's going to be on the field, and I need to see what the Bengals do with that number five pick. They bring in a Jamar Chase, and now, now he has another major weapon that he's already comfortable with to that offense. I think there's a lot that there's a lot to love about what he did last year as a guy that was a borderline QB one right out of the gate with terrible protection and no, with no off season to prepare as a rookie. So I think he's going to have a lot more success this year, especially if they add another weapon. I just want to see him like do some football activities, look healthy and has some guarantees. He's going to be on the field week one because we don't have any of those concerns outside of Deshaun Watson anywhere else inside this like top 20. So that's my only concern with him. 
The two other ones that are interesting to me is, is Matt Ryan, does he become more efficient inside of this Arthur Smith offense? Is Julio Jones healthy for enough games to help propel some of that value? Or are we going to get another year of on again, off again, Julio Jones? You get, for, let's say, 14 solid games of Julio. Matt Ryan has the opportunity to, to be into that top 10 conversation. The other one, and I realize I'm pretty low on him right now, and this is probably as low as I'm going to be, is Ryan Tannehill. I just, I'm concerned with the weapons that they've lost on that team. But he has been so freaking good and so freaking efficient since he has been since he was named the starter there over Mariota in week seven of the 2019 season that I'm afraid I'm knocking him too much. And it's just to me, it's just like he's got a new offensive coordinator. He's going to have a new wide receiver, too. He's going to have a new tight end one. There's, there's a lot of change there. I'm a little bit concerned. But I'm also concerned that Tennessee's defense is going to be garbage again. And he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. And if he does, he's still going to put up numbers. And he has been a bona fide on a per game basis, top 10 quarterback ever since he took over as the starting quarterback there in Tennessee. So those are three guys right now that are, that are ranked uh, in Tannehill's case. He is 14. Matt Ryan is 15. Joe Burrow is 17 that I could see in the right situations, even by the time we get to week one, like just before the start of the season, me having them into QB one territory. This is tough, man. Like, you're talking about the middle class of this? The middle class goes, like, to 15 or 16. Tannehill at 14. I agree there wholeheartedly. I'm glad you said the Joe Burrow thing because I, I still think they're going to add at least a really good weapon, even if it's the second round, that we're going to like there. My question to you was, is it health-related? I go back to Carson Palmer tearing an ACL halfway through the year. He came back the next year, actually kind of late. Uh, quarterback's going to do it. Now, Joe Burrow runs around a little bit, so that could affect us there when we're talking about this. Deshaun Watson, I've taken off my board. I wanted to ask that question, like risk versus reward. I don't see any reward here at all. I don't see him playing football next year if, if this stuff continues to go on. Do you leave him on there at this point? This is the way too early rankings. For my, for my way too early rankings, I'm going, yeah, I want nothing to do with this by the time we draft next year. Yeah, it's, I, ha I felt like I had to put him somewhere on here. Um, and obviously, since every day this continues to become a, a more problematic situation, um, I would say given that we just talked about the middle class, like I, the guys we just talked about, Matthew Stafford, Tannehill, Ryan, Joe Burrow, you know, even a Kirk Cousins who doesn't have, I don't think QB one upside, but is a guy that's probably going to finish as a high end QB two, as he always does. Um, I would much rather take a chance on those guys right now. Uh, just cause I have no idea what this Deshaun Watson situation is going to look like. I don't know where he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to play how many games he's going to play. Uh, so I understand like if you're waiting and he drops and he drops and he drops and you're just going to take him and just take him another quarterback and see, see what happens. But I would not be surprised if he's completely off my board the next time we do an update. I just felt like if I didn't put him on here, somebody would ask where I would put him. And I think yeah. at this point, I think there's a clear line after Russell Wilson at 10 for me, where I think there's a tear break there for sure. That is where if you get by all of those guys, then I think at that point, I think he's in consideration as you start to draft guys that you know you're going to take a second quarterback with anyway. All right, I need more numbers, Chris. But I'm going to ask him, I'm going to fly, let another one fly here because I need numbers. I need convincing. So I feel a little bit disrespected for my boy Matt Stafford in his new L.A. home with better weapons and a run game that we love and a defense that's legit. And he's a major upgrade to Jared Goff. And we still have Trevor Lawrence, the rookie who hasn't played a down yet. Now we've all talked about why he could end up a QB one. Yeah. I've also said on the show recently how I think they might be a little conservative coming out of the gates with the run game, trying to get his feet wet. You got Trevor Lawrence ahead of Matt Stafford. Should I feel disrespected? Get get me where you're at, Jane. Come on, like well, this this one. 
I got I feel like I got to pull the bag up from my boy a little bit. Yeah. There's a couple, a couple thoughts here. And, and here's where I, I come to this on Lawrence. There's the Lawrence side and there's the Stafford side. On the Lawrence side, I think you start to look at a player that is incredibly polished for a rookie coming in. And we've known that for a while now. I think the Jaguars are still going to be a better team than they were last year, but they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. They threw more than 600 times last year, a lot of it because they were losing late, even with like guys like Jake Lutton and, some, and Mike Lennon and, and Gardner Minshew and all these other guys that were coming in and playing, getting some time for them. Um, so to me, I think you're still looking at a, a decent shot at him getting 600-plus pass attempts, which I don't think they're going to ask Stafford to do in L.A. because they're going to be a better team and they're going to want to run the ball a lot more consistently, especially with the way that Cam Akers came on late in the year. The other thought here with Lawrence is that even with Gardner Minshew, who is – I mean, there's been a sensation there, but he is nowhere near the quarterback that Trevor Lawrence is. On a points-per-game basis last year, he was the QB 14. He's finished as a top 20 QB each of the last two years in the, in, on this team with the amount of time they've had – or the amount of volume that they've thrown this ball. You're going to get a quarterback upgrade here. You're going to get a weapon up, weapons upgrade here. And I like the solid stable that they have there of guys that can do different things across the field. You've got DJ Chark as more of your deep threat, big shot guy. You've got Marvin Jones as your, your steady Eddie, more of a red zone also threat. You have Aliska Chenault as your, your Swiss Army nice weapons piece. So I like the pieces that they have there. I think while they're going to try to run the ball a lot, particularly in the first half, I don't think they're going to be able to late in games. They're going to be down. They're going to have to rely, and they're going to have to open things up for Lawrence a little bit. On the Stafford side of things, again, these guys are one spot apart. My, my concern with him is one, I should say concern in air quotes. Uh, one, I, I think there's a good chance that he throws the ball 30, 40-ish less times than, than Trevor Lawrence. And the volume is going to end up mattering for fantasy. He'll be more efficient. My other concern with Stafford is just that he hasn't, as good as he is, and last year you, you can blame the weapons. Like the weapons in Detroit weren't good last year, but he's had some decent weapons before. He's always been a much better real-life quarterback than fantasy. Like going back to 2014, he was the QB 17 in 2014, the QB 16 in 2015, the QB 14 2016, QB 13 2017, QB 32 in 2018. He was the QB 4 in the eight-game stretch in 2019, and then QB 24 last year. Like, he has not finished inside of QB1 territory since 2013 uh, in a full season. That's my only concern, is that it, is, this a, is this a situation where – and I understand, you know, his, he's going to a different team now. He's got different weapons. I love the situation he's in. My only concern is that, like, every year we're waiting for Matthew Stafford to be the fantasy quarterback that he is in real life. And it just doesn't – that equation hasn't come together yet. And if the Rams are able to establish a strong running game with Cam Akers and with a little bit of Daryl Henderson, they might not need him to throw more than 570, 580 times next year. And if that's the case, he's going to put up damn good numbers for the Rams, but he's also going to put up borderline QB1 numbers for fantasy. So that would that's be my, my problem concern. with fantasy. This dude is going to throw for 4,600 yards and 33, 34 touchdowns and run around a little bit, and it's not going to be good enough where Jalen Hurts is going to throw for 2,800 yards, maybe 20 touchdowns, but run for 600, and that's the difference. I hate the way this is scored. You convinced me. I'm in on it. I was just wanting to ask the question because I knew you'd have some great stuff to back it up. I happen to agree there. Stafford is so much more of a real-life stud than he's yeah. ever been credit for. But it's really hard to get there on the fantasy stuff, even with McVay. I, I mean, you start talking about the nakeds and the boots and the rollouts and all the stuff he does phenomenal that fit right into this offense. I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to watch, but I'm a little worried about where his fantasy value is, where I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be slinging it all over the place. Two weapons that 
really don't get enough credit either. Like that, yeah. that's a pretty decent offense the Jaguars are going to put out there. And they're in a tough division for them. They're still not going to be as good. I, I like that one. I just had to ask because I knew you'd get me there. I just – I felt like my boy was being a little disrespected. But there's a reason why when you go back five, six years, he's never been a QB1. And it's strange because I, I always feel like I'm lower on Stafford than I should be. But then I always go back and look and I go, well, but look at where he finishes. Like, so to me, I would love – like if you're going to do a combo, I would love to combine Lawrence and Stafford and kind of run run with that and play the matchups yeah. there. Because I think Stafford's going to have some big weeks. And look, we saw the flashes in 2019. Like he was unbelievable before he got hurt two seasons ago. I mean, he, he was putting up crazy numbers. Everyone thought he was going to do it again last year. He didn't. Part of it, again, Kenny Galladay missed so much time. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to knock. He's not QB 24. Like that, that's no. not who he is no. either. But no. I do think he is the QB 12 to 15. Like, I think that's where he's going to, I guess maybe say 11 to 15. I think that's kind of the range where I would expect him to come in. And part of it too, is just, oh, there's a lot of solid fantasy quarterback play. Like there are a lot of guys here in the middle uh, of this group that go, you look back at the end of the year and there's maybe a point or a point and a half difference per game between QB seven and QB 14. Like I would not be surprised. Can we extend the Trevor Lawrence conversation out a little bit, Jamie? We did the comparison here with Stafford. One of the questions I had is what made you comfortable putting Lawrence as a back-end QB1 over some of the guys that we've already mentioned? We'll throw Ryan Tannehill in the mix. We'll throw Matt Ryan in the mix. We've already talked about Stafford. There's a group of established veteran quarterbacks behind him in the rankings. What made you comfortable with that? Just the volume. Um, I, I think he's going to throw the ball a lot. The fact that this, the quarterback in this offense has had, again, in this offense, I know it's been different, but the quarterback for the Jaguars has been fairly successful with a lot less talent in recent years. I know the offense is changing a bit, but the reality of the situation is, is they're not going to be able to run the full offense that Urban Meyer and company really want to run this year because they're not going to be good enough. And so they're going to have to throw the ball more than I think they would like to. And we have seen these quarterbacks that have come in that are more polished, that are just airing it out, that are having some of that success if they have weapons around them. We saw Joe Burrow put up borderline QB1 numbers. We saw Justin Herbert put up high-end QB1 numbers. I don't think he's going to do what Justin Herbert did last year. But I think there's a middle ground there of like, I think if Joe Burrow would have played the whole season, he would have been in that like QB9, QB10 range. And that's kind of where I think Lawrence's kind of ceiling is going to be. I don't think he's got top five upside or anything this year. I, I wouldn't consider that, but I think t to me, just given the volume he has, and I just like the core of weapons he has there too, especially if they bring in somebody in the middle rounds. If Tyler Eifert does anything this year as their tight end, I mean, you start to look at the kind of pieces they have. They have a lot of different players that can do different things for them, and that's what I really like. Like Chark and Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault and Colin Johnson, they're all different receivers that do different things well. They're going to give Trevor Lawrence a plethora of options all over the field to be successful. I've got one more question here on my list that I have prepared here for the show. Jamie, your QB1, Patrick Mahomes. We know more often than not that the QB1 at the start of the season, the guy that starts the rankings at the top, normally doesn't end the season at the top. So, Jamie, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Which of the other guys inside your top five, or if it's a guy outside the top five, do you feel most comfortable saying that's the guy that's going to unseat Patrick Mahomes atop my rankings by the time the season is over? So, I feel like a coward saying this, but Josh Allen? You just picked the guy I, at number two. What a coward. Well, here, here's that's why. cowardice. Because I sat here and I thought about this. My concern here is this. We're like, Lamar Jackson's weapons still suck. Like, we know he can. He finishes the QB1 two years ago. He can. Anybody in the top five can. We have seen it. But his weapons aren't great. And, you know, it took a really strong second half last year to get him back into the top eight. So I can't say he's more consistent. Where Josh Allen, you pretty much take any slice of the season you want 
and he was in the top three. Like he was consistent from, from the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year. Kyler Murray, we've already talked about the concerns that I have. He fell off pretty significantly in the second half of the year. I don't think adding A.J. Green does anything for me. I like that it lets Christian Kirk play in the slot, but in terms of Kyler Murray, I don't think it adds anything for me. So I have some concerns here about him carrying over to next year. Dak obviously was the QB one at the point where he got hurt last year, but is he going to be healthy? And can he do that over the course of 17 games instead of five? So I think there are all those guys in the top five there. They have a little bit more concerns for me. I love Rodgers and Brady, but they're not going to run around enough to be in that spot. I don't think it's going to be any. So to me, if I'm looking at those guys, I think Josh Allen has the really the, the best chance to finish is that QB one, just because that team continues to get better. And he needs, again, he needs to show it again. He needs to show it for a second season, but I love the consistency that he played with throughout the course of the season, because that's something that we didn't see from a lot of these other top quarterbacks. They were very much peaks and valleys or they had poor second half splits. He didn't have any of that. I can get there with that one. I, I, I was going to ask a Josh Allen question, and then I went – because I was going to say, okay, can he run around as much to get there? But they throw it so damn much, it doesn't really matter. And I can't imagine anything that they do is going to change their run game. He doesn't have to. He runs around a little bit. He'll get you 20, 30 yards, not like he did two years ago. But he's throwing it all over the freaking yard, and they're getting better. So I didn't even, I didn't even put the Josh Allen question in there. I got one to finish up here. My boy Fitz Magic might be in the best situation he's been in in a hot minute. If he plays the majority of the staffs a quarterback, he's the starter going in. There's no way you're leaving him at 20, right? So that's, that's a great question because I think if we expanded Chris's earlier question and we said which quarterback, instead of top eight, which quarterback that's not in QB1 territory that has the best chance to finish in the top 12 – Ryan Fitzpatrick at 20 would be as far as I would go. Like, I think he's got that option. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him uh, finish in QB1 territory. And I think it goes back to the conversation we had on the show last week where it goes, I'm sure they don't want to throw the ball all around the yard, but they're kind of building their team to be able to do that when they need to. With all the, with, with all the with weapons that they've brought in, you add Curtis Samuel to, to Terry McClure, and you already have Logan Thomas. You have Antonio Gibson in the backfield with J.D. McKissick. So they have a lot Adam of Humphreys. weapons there. Yeah, Adam Humphreys is coming in as your slot option. So he is somebody that I think I'm going to probably raise a little bit here. Um, I don't know how far he's going to raise, but I think he's going to move himself up into this kind of category with the, the Staffords, Tannehills, Ryans, Burroughs, kind of like, you know, we, you have to run out of QB1 territory at some point because you can only put 12 names in the top 12, but there's going to be a lot of those options there in that top half of QB2 territory that you're going to go. They're going to start for you several weeks out of the season. I think he is going to be in that category. Uh, I, I kind of put him there at 24 now, but I could see him rising. He's a guy I'm praying to God everybody forgets about late in the draft and you can grab as your, maybe your second quarterback or if you really want to wait and just load your yeah. team. Like you said, like they don't really want to, but they're building a pretty high-flying offense, and you don't bring him in to ask him to be somebody different after 27 teams and 45 years of the NFL, right? I, I, he's, yeah. He is who he is. He's going to sling it. I think this might be the best situation he's been in in a while, and he looked damn good when he played last year. Uh, I, I, mean, I agree with you. I don't know where you put him now, but I would already start in my head thinking the more this goes, oh yeah, this is starting to look pretty good. If they take a tackle – that offensive line looks that much better. I, I, I feel pretty good about that situation. He's going to have he's going to have a gold star for me. Like I think it, the twenty is kind of the mark where I cut off and I go. There's, 
I don't think I would draft in a standard 12 team, you know, a 12 team league with, you know, reasonable rosters. I don't think I'm drafting anybody behind him. Like, I don't think I'm coming out of the draft with anybody that even as a second quarterback behind Ryan Fitzpatrick at 20 on my list right now, I think everybody else can be waiver guys. Um, you know, we're gonna, we'll see how the draft plays up. I think everybody else, you kind of leave for waivers. I think if you're looking for that, okay, I waited on a quarterback, maybe I took a chance on Watson, or maybe I took a, a Stafford, or and I need to pair with a second quarterback, or I waited on it, and now my, my QB1 is Matt Ryan, I need a second. Like, that's kind of where I would draw the line of, like, right there, right between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Carson Wentz for me is the line of where, like, I think you can leave Wentz for waivers. I think Fitzpatrick should probably be a QB2 on somebody's roster coming out of your draft. Jimmy, can I ask you a question that was not uh, not been pre-prepared? Shoot, I'm, go I'm for it. We got little, time. Uh, we, I'm shooting a little off the cuff here. You have uh, you have Trevor Lawrence at QB12. Yes. You have the other rookie quarterbacks somewhat grouped together. They are 24, yeah. 25, and 26. I am assuming as you learn team fits, where they're going to play, what their situation is going to look like, that those three names will begin to separate themselves, but they are just together in that block. I'm, yes. just trying to, I'm just trying to put myself in the position of a listener who's going to look at this list and be like, why are those three together? I'm assuming the answer from you is going to be because we don't know where they're playing yet. And we have a yes. good idea where Trevor Lawrence is playing next season. Yeah, we know where Trevor Lawrence is going to play. Um, so I have, we have Wilson 24, Lance 25, Fields 26. It's going to depend on their destination. Like Zach Wilson is probably the most – I don't think this is really a hot take. It's the most likely of those three to be able to play week one right away. Um, so if he goes to the Jets there at two, then we kind of figure out where I end up putting him up there. He probably bumps up a couple spots. I don't think any, I don't think any of these guys are going to crack the top 20, regardless of their landing spot, at least right now. Um, I don't think I'll put any of them over the Fitzpatricks or the, the, the Winstons, the Burroughs, because I think if Winston ends up being the full-time starter there, I think there's still some potential. We'll see how they mess around in training camp. He has a chance to fall too. But, um, you know, with, with Lance and Fields, we'll see. Is Lance going to be the pick at the Niners at three? If so, how long are you waiting for him to start? Um, you know, are you waiting eight weeks for him to start? If that case, you're not touching them. Um, Justin Fields, does he go in the top three? Does he fall to Carolina? Does he go to Denver? Does I mean, there are so many quiz, so many trade up. Like, there are so many questions about them, and I'm just not convinced right now that they start. As you see, I kind of hedge my bets here because the final four quarterbacks on my list here are Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Darnold. So I'm hedging my bet that three of those four quarterbacks will not be uh, – will have a rookie that is drafted in front of them uh, at some point here. So we'll see how that all shakes out for those guys. Um, but, you know, to me, I, unless you're in a two-quarterback league or you're in Dynasty, where obviously those are going to be huge deals in Dynasty, but – in a regular 12-team redraft league, you can probably leave everybody that's not Lawrence on waivers. Wilson would um, intrigue me, but I'm just not sure. Somebody will take him, especially in a family league. Somebody will take him. I'm just not sure I need to prioritize him as a QB, too. What if Mac Jones ends up in New England? I still don't like the weapons there. Like, I don't think I would I, – I don't think I'd put him in the top 20. Okay. Is there a spot that he would land that you would consider it? Would he just I know take, that's really off, not, really not the top the cup, 20, but. like not the top 20, like he would make the top 25 probably. Like, I, I would rate, I would put it's him hard to get Cam. there, man. Like this year I'm getting kind of fired up about the quarterback class. Yeah. Like fantasy this year, like he can't crack the top 20. There's a lot of good options that, that that's the problem of like, there's just a lot of like, uh, I don't think he's going to have a great year, but like I have Ben Roethlisberger and Derek Carr outside the top 20. Like you have they're going to have weeks with at 18. Yeah, I mean, they're good. Dude, those Derek guys, Carr was a top eight quarterback in real life last year, and he's at 23 going into the season. That's because I can't find much, him with it. 
Now, I hate the weapons they have there for him, but I, I hate just, the weapons I, of the offense. And the line now non existent. So we get that. All right. I got There's going to be weeks where he's then. playable, but that's the thing of like, you're going where like, they're going to be two or three weeks where he's still going to be a streaming option. Like, I think the only, I think once you have, you're going to have to get down to, I'm just not buying Cam Newton in anything. I'm sorry about that. No. You're going to have to no. get down to the Cam Newtons, the Daniel Joneses, the Jared Goffs before you get to the guys. I'm like, all right, those guys are just going to stay on waivers all year. That's another good one. If Daniel Jones gets pits, with the other weapons they now have on this I'm offense. intrigued. And Saquon Barkley coming back not 100%. That one's got to be like – I'm intrigued. He might get to 24. He might get to 24. got to be ahead of Roethlisberger and Carr. Yeah, I, I would put him up there if, if he has those guys. But we'll have to see. Like, I just – I don't Holiday, know. Holiday, Pitts. That, that one could be – that one could be interesting. I got another one. Does anybody give a flying shit that Justin Fields ran a 4-4-4 yesterday? Does anybody think that that matters in your quarterback fantasy no. or real-life rankings other than some cool stuff to talk about on Twitter? No. No. I, it shouldn't change your evaluation on him. Like, that's the, – The workout wasn't that good. I was really hoping I'd like him more. And I kept hearing about all this buzz, so I went back and watched it. I don't like the throw in motion. He misses to the right a lot. He missed some deep balls. He threw some out of bounds. And I don't care what his 40 was. It's Everybody's funny, the fastest a, 40 since Robert Griffin III. Are you trying to make me feel better here? <laughs> he's such a polarizing prospect um, because I know the, the, the TDN scouting department really likes him. They all have him at QB2. QB2. I don't um, trust any of their quarterback stuff, though. We get into this every year with these guys. I, I yeah. love them, and they work their tails off, and 90% of the positions I love. But I'll go back to our Baker Mayfield conversation that year. I, I don't get it. He missed open guys. He was not the consensus number two on anybody's board. The workouts haven't changed. And yes, he's polarizing, but I just, I can't, I don't know. I can't get it's there. Because like, there are some that have him QB2. There are a lot that have him QB5. Like, it, it is an interesting kind of run there. Um, I, I'm curious. I, he, he's the one I have no idea. I don't have a feel for where he goes in April. Like everybody else, you kind of know, okay, here's the spots. Here's this. Like, you know, we, we know, you know, if the Jets are two and they take a quarterback, they're, they're going to take Wilson. If they don't, somebody's trading up to take Wilson. You know, three is Lance or Mack, you know, and we start, we're kind of in this conversation. I, I don't know what to do with Justin Fields. Like, I don't know. Does Carolina like him? Does New England like him? Does Denver like him? At those places, they probably like him. And I get yeah. that the game is changing and guys can run around. But Lamar Jackson's a different beast than everybody else that's ever been a running quarterback. And he's a true dual threat guy. And I understand he throws from the pocket some. And his analysis is he stays in the pocket too much. He should break it more. But that's the college game, not the NFL game. Yeah. I just can't get there where he is perennially, I keep hearing, a top 10 quarterback no matter what draft it is. I don't know that he's a top 10 quarterback in this one. I wanted to get there. I was starting to like it more. And I watched more of the workout and went, I see the same stuff that I've been seeing. And then I kept hearing about how this 4-4-4 was this giant equalizer of him and the other quarterbacks in this draft. I don't care. I, 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 like, I could care less. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Drew Brees. Did any of them run under five flat? I would have to go and look, think so. but my assumption would be no. Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning – I'll keep going down the list. Is anybody – I don't care. Michael Vick's the fastest human I've ever seen on a football field. And he got caught. I say this all the time. I don't care what your 40 was for your quarterbacks. 
When you miss to the right because your throwing motion has a little weird hitch in it, that I care about. Like that one I can see, I don't know. I don't care where he ends up. Mac Wilson, if I'm right, or Mac, yeah, Zach Wilson, if I'm right and he ends up in San Francisco and not New York, that one's intriguing to me to be inside oh, yeah. the top 20 with, with those weapons. The internet tells me Peyton Manning ran a 4.88 40 time. That's what the internet tells me. The internet tends to lie a little bit. Uh, I've been told the internet is very Lumbered his way to 488. I don't think that was a combine time. That might have been a University of Tennessee. Okay, fair enough. We're going to pad this a little bit time. Jamie, I have one more fantasy-related question I want to ask you, and it's a name that we haven't brought up. Uh, It's a guy that you have ranked number 30 on your list, a name that comes up 30th. The starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tungavailoa, is is only 30. I need you. I, the, the the listeners will not be able to see you throwing your hands up with the shrug emoji. Can you explain to everybody? To a great, great question. Thirty. Um, I watched him play last year. Amen. I, I, I look. Yeah. I'm not saying that he can't get better and can't improve. And as we've talked about this on the show, with Jamie, the I need numbers for this one. Give me some numbers for this one. I'll we watched to- him play. I mean, we're gonna have to, you're gonna have to write an article on this one. I gotta I, I have will. the numbers. To I, at back some this point, up I will end I agree up uh, wholeheartedly. But I was hoping we'd get some digits. It's just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna see if I can pull something up really quickly right now on him. Like the, the reality best part is, is, you don't have to give us numbers. We all watched him play. Uh, I so I, I'm gonna go on a, on a per game basis. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start counting quarterbacks right now because I'm gonna do this live. So this is how far I'm gonna go back into where he ranked on a on a per game basis uh, last year. Okay, so. We're going to go. We're going to count. So we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 22, 1, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. He was the QB 29 last year in average fantasy points per game for those that have played five or more games. So he wasn't great. I mean, and again, I'm talking, he's behind Drew Locke. He's behind, you know, Phillip Rivers, uh, Trubisky, Cam Newton. I mean, so... He wasn't very effective last year. I know he's got some other weapons this year, but he had what one? He said two games above twenty points all year. He looked a little bit better later in the year, fantasy wise, but he was all over the place. He had one. He had three single digit performances. He had two, three, four, five performances under sixteen points. Like you might have that one. You know, he had that really. He had the good game against Kansas City, fantasy wise. We got you that twenty eight points, and he threw the ball. 48 times but like aside from the game he threw it 48 times against Kansas City and 58 times against backups in Buffalo uh, you, you got 12 points 13 better points better prospect to a last year or fields this year your pause tells me anything I need to know about fields yeah I still think I'd go fields I didn't like to as much as the TDN guys did I didn't that, either. I None of them wanted to listen to me with hometown. I wasn't part of that because we okay. talked about the half field stuff and not being able to read half the field. I mean, we talked about this on the show. This is before I was a full-time TDN member. So uh, I wasn't part of their scouting. Uh, not that I'm part of their scouting process, but I wasn't overseeing and around what's happening. Um, but yeah, I just – look, I know he's got Will Fuller now. They might add a Jamar Chase or a Pitts or a Waddle or somebody – I need to see it first. I just need to see it with him. And I, I, I have reason to believe he will be better this year than he was last year. But if I had to accurately predict, is it 5% better? Is it 10% better? I can't. I can't give you You mentioned an a name. I got one more question. Because this is like, this is deep, man. Like, Drew Locke, if he is the quarterback for the Broncos. He'll go up. If they don't take a quarterback, he's going to go up on my ring. These weapons are, could be absurd. 
that they put on the field together. Yes. Like it could be really, really ridiculous in year two. He could play like decent. I think it put up some really, really good numbers. I, I was, I was going to ask that one. because I didn't even think about him. He'd go up yeah, a right couple now, spots. He's way down there. Yeah. He'd go up a couple, he'll go up a few spots. I'm, I'm assuming they're taking a quarterback when I, and when I guess this ranking, um, just cause I figured I had to guess it, but he has to be better too. Like last year, he was only one spot ahead of Tua. Uh, in terms of the point, like, uh, you know, Garrett Gilbert scored more in his one game than Drew Locke averaged. So, like, I mean, there, there's some things to be put there's there, There's your too. Drew Locke analysis. Um, <laughs> no, that's unfair to Drew Locke. That is unfair uh, to Drew Locke. Look, I like the pieces. I like some of the pieces they have there. And if they don't bring in another quarterback where I don't feel like he is – I mean, I guess he's always at risk of losing his job. But there's difference between, like, if they're going to have a backup quarterback versus they're going to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. They don't spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. I'll probably move him up a few spots there because again, I, I love the idea. You have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy will be better. I cannot imagine he's going to have these dropsy issues that he had last year. He's a phenomenal route runner already. He's a great player. They have there. Tim Patrick proved to be a valuable threat. Uh, Noah Fant looks like he could be a star. Uh, Albert O is another player. He has a lot of connections with, and this could be an interesting red zone threat that I kind of like if you're in a super, super deep league and like touchdowns only or something. I think he's a guy that can catch five or six touchdowns randomly for you this year. They have, you know, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. They've got pieces, but I think the weakest link right now is the quarterback. So that's my concern. And again, not a guy that I could see rising to the top 20, but I mean, in a two QB league, he's going to be relevant. All these guys are, but in single QB league, I'm not even sure he's going to be a priority streamer. Wow. That is going to do it for the quarterback rankings discussion. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Jamie has all of his other way too early rankings that are going to release here. Jamie, I believe over the weekend they're going yes. to be released. And then we will be breaking them down individual episode by episode basis here over the next couple of weeks. Where, same thing. Jamie will, will set the table with his top 10 or so. And then we will have a conversation. Jake and I will ask pointed questions and we will have this open floor discussion. Yes, Jamie. And what do we have in the middle here? A little special we, treat. we are doing a, a mock draft here on the show. We are going to do a fantasy mock draft and we're going to a little bit of a, a little bit of a tease here. We're going to do one of these every month and they're going to have different formats. They're going to have different structures to them. So for you dynasty players, there's going to be a dynasty one coming up and we're going to have different formats. And the three of us are going to act like this is a live mock draft. We are in the room. We are on draft night. We are making decisions and we're going to discuss our thought process. You're going to be able to have one of those every month here leading up to the season. First round mock. Yeah, and so we're not going to tell each other the picks in advance. Nope. So, so if we snipe to... each other in real time for the first top 12 picks there, we'll snipe each other. So it's going to be – I like it. It's going to be a lot of fun, so you can look at that as well. So that's coming up. And then, again, like I said, a breakdown of all of the rest of Jamie's way-too-early rankings with this open floor discussion. Jake, where can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter for all your tattoo uh, Twitter uh, stuff <laughs> I need. Uh, and Arians NFL Instagram. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. And then make sure you check out the fantasy tab of the draftnetwork.com. That's where you will find the QB rankings right now. So you can look at those and over the weekend, you'll be able to find the running backs, wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, and I believe I went 50, I went 50 deep for the running backs. I think I went 60 deep for wow. wide receivers. Uh, so there, there is some really interesting conversations to be had there. They include rookies. So the, we're going to get all that in the show. We might even have multiple shows on some of these if we need to. 
Uh, but we're really excited about that. So check that out at thedraftnetwork.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. And like Jamie said, go over to thedraftnetwork.com, the fantasy tab this weekend. Look at the quarterback rankings, but also look at the other rankings that Jamie are going to put up and tweet at the show account questions that you have because I will, I will crowdsource questions for Jamie. We will grill Jamie together on these rankings here over the next couple of weeks. So thedraftnetwork.com is where you're going to want to stay tuned for that under the fantasy tab. Everybody have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.